Welcome to the Village Youth Podcast Show. Okay. Hey guys, uh, my name is Michael, for you guys who don't know me, and I have the privilege of sharing today on the topic of God and culture. So if you are unfamiliar with youth or you've never been here before, this is new to you, we're doing a bit of an interesting series that for the next five weeks, we're going to be answering some questions that tend to be some stumbling blocks for Christians. And so for people who are outside of the church who are saying, oh, I don't like Christians, or I don't like churchy things, or I don't like God, a lot of the reason why they do not like the church, God, so on and so forth, is because of the five things that we're talking about. The five things that we're talking about is God and other faiths, or Jesus and exclusion. So, I mean, like, why is heaven the only way that you could be saved? Or why is Jesus the only way that you can get to heaven? That question. Uh, you know, church is kind of lame. Like, it's very anti-fun. Why can't I go party and sleep with whoever and, you know, do drugs or whatever, or like weed or any of those conversations. So that'll be next week. Uh, Then after that, we are doing Jesus and the gay community. So a lot of the reason why people don't like church is because they feel like it's uh, anti-LGBTQ. So the week after that, we are doing Jesus and the transgender community. And then the last one would be Jesus and abortion. So those five questions are the topics that we are going to try to tackle. So why this series? It seems like a bit much. It seems a bit aggressive. These seem like really intense topics, but we're just like high school students. We want to have fun. Why do we do this series? The reason why we're doing this series is for a couple different reasons. One is we want you guys to know what the church's stance is on all of these things. Um, it's not just like whatever everybody thinks the church is also going to follow. The other thing also is going to be that your friends are going to ask you a lot of questions about these things. And you are probably going to sit back and go, I actually don't know. I actually don't know. I actually don't know. And we can't let you, you know, leave youth ministry and not have answers to some of these things that people are constantly going to be asking questions about. That's a really, really big deal. Also, A lot of the questions as to why people leave the church has to do with these five things. And so we want you to know that there are some legitimate answers and reasons as to why Christianity is a thing, why people follow Jesus for millennia, and why Jesus has to be the ultimate answer in the world of ideas. So today, we are going to talk about God and other religions. What does that have to be? about why is the church so different from Muslims and from Jews and from those who follow maybe a Sikh or a Buddhist background? Why are there so many different religions? And why does Christianity say that it's the only true one? That's going to be the question that we are answering today. Now, some of the passages that seem to be pretty interesting for us is this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 23, that we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block, or literally a scandal, to Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. That there are other faith systems that look at Christianity and go, nope, that doesn't make any sense. You make no sense. You're dumb. And that's going to be kind of a bit of the reality. There's a lot of people in your life that if you are embarrassed to tell them that you are a Christian because you might think they might make fun of you, it's because it's the same kind of opinion. It's a scandal to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Gentiles. And the reason why it's a scandal to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles is because of Jesus himself. And Jesus says some pretty intense things like John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one 
comes to the Father except through me. Whoa, that's really offensive. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, I thought all religions are equal. I thought all religions were true. Can't we all just get along? It's things like this that doesn't allow those opinions to be shared. So that's going to be a big problem. That's a stumbling block. That's an issue for why people would believe in God or go to church or go to youth or believe in Jesus whatsoever, because this is an offensive sentence. This is an offensive statement. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one, no one gets to the Father except through me. The way that I've thought about this is kind of interesting. Um, imagine YouTube, okay? Imagine you go on YouTube and you are sitting there and you see parody song after parody song or cover song after cover song. You've never heard the original. All you've heard is the cover songs. All you've heard is the parodies. All you've heard are these songs on YouTube that have different arrangements, different melodies. Maybe they're different genres trying to emulate the original song. No one sees all of the different parodies. Nobody sees all of the different versions. Nobody sees all the same thing, but kind of a little bit different and changed. And nobody comes to the conclusion of seeing all of those songs and saying, there actually is no original one. There is no original song. It's all made up. That's what I would say about the religious systems of the world. Majority of the people on the planet believe in some kind of a deity. We live in a country that happens to be moving, moving more into the, non -se the secular, the non-religious movement. But for all of eternity and for all of the existence of our planet, people have believed in a God. And sure, there have been the gods of the Greeks or the gods of the Romans or the gods of the Egyptians or maybe it's the Buddhist mentality or maybe it's Sikhs or maybe it's all these different Hindu gods. There's a different idea of the divine. But because you see all the different kinds of things, it's unusual for a group of people to see all the different kinds of parodies, all the different kinds of arrangements, all the different kinds of styles, and come to the conclusion that actually God doesn't exist, even though everyone's trying to give their own little kind of version that it does. That's interesting to me. This uh, weekend, I got to go on a trip to Edmonton. I was speaking at a thing, and I'm sitting on the airplane. And you know when you're sitting on a plane, you're like, ah, I'm going to put my headphones on, just like watch a Netflix show or a movie or something and get it through. The guy next to me sees a book that I'm holding, and the book I'm holding has to do with Christianity. And so he looks over to me and goes, so you're reading a book about Jesus. And I go, oh, boy, here we go, you know? And he just starts asking me question after question after question. He ends up being a uh, Muslim from Edmonton who has all of these questions about what's the separation between the Muslim faith and the Christian faith. And we begin to have this dialogue over and over and over again, question after question, separation after separation. And I realize that there are people who are longing to know the answers. And this is why we are having this conversation. Because let me tell you right now, regardless of whether you believe in Jesus or not, religion will never go away will never go away. It's something that you're always gonna have to face. It's always gonna be maybe in your family line, maybe it's amongst your friends, the school that you go to. Religion will never go away. Regardless of whether you believe the atheist view is the most important, religion will never go away. Because if there is a God, he will make himself known and whoever believes in him will begin to declare that. Religion will never go away. But for every single one of us, you have to make a decision. There's a famous author, his name is John Steinbeck, and this is what he says. No story has power, nor will it last, unless we feel in ourselves that it is true and true of us. This is a decision. That you all live in a story like we talked about last week, 
but you have to understand that you fit in the story somehow. So how do you fit in the story that you believe to be true? As a Buddhist, as a Hindu, as a Christian, as a Muslim, as a Sikh, the story that you believe in, you have to find yourself within. So how does this work? Well, the world has changed. Uh, One writer says it this way, that people no longer go to priests to confess their sins. They go to therapists to tell them that it's not their fault. That's interesting that somebody has this kind of a slanted view on the world, that people no longer go to religious systems to tell them how to live their life. They get told to blame and push off any responsibility because anxiety is growing and growing and growing, and the world has changed. So there are other religions. Why are there other religions? Question number one. Why are there other religions? Well, there are other religions because every single human being on the planet sees that there's a lot of issues. And every religion looks at the world and all of the litany of problems that we have, and they try to solve them in a number of different ways. Um, I created a chart, and the chart hopefully will go up behind me, and uh, this will tell you about a couple different ways of us seeing the world, whether you come from a Christian background, um, whether it's a story. So look at these different stories. There are five of them. One of Buddha, one of Islam, one of individualism, which is what you and I now begin to live in. Uh, Religiousness, which is kind of uh, Christianity or Judaism or Islam gone bad. It begins to be rule-taking and all of that stuff. And then finally, Jesus. There are all these five stories. And the symptoms of the problem, the the main issue that they kind of find, and the, the issue that it kind of brings off, so the symptoms. So imagine if you have a fever, you might be coughing or you might sweat. The symptom that we see for Buddha is suffering. For Islam, fear. Individualism, restriction. Religion, shame. And for Jesus, it's being lost. For Buddha, his diagnosis is that desire is the problem. For Islam, rebellion is the problem. Individualism, societal control is the issue. Religion, guilt is the problem. And for Jesus, the root problem of the world is sin. For Buddha, the cure is nirvana. It's nothingness. It's for you to give up all desire that you possibly have. The Buddhist incentive is if you have a desire to be married, you need to get rid of the desire to be married because all desire is bad. That's the story that they live in and which they find themselves in. Maybe you agree or disagree. For Islam, the cure is paradise. It's for you to go away to an ethereal land, for you to have all these different things with you. So uh, for them, it's a promise of virgins and everything's going well for them. And this is kind of the cure. Uh, For individualism, it's self-determination, that I get to choose whatever I want, whenever I want it, whatever movie I want, whatever song I want. And if anybody holds my freedom back, they're evil. That's individualism. Religion, it's righteousness. It's that I'm always the good guy. I always look great, and nothing will ever make me look bad. The story of Jesus, it's grace. Grace, undeserved favor, that even if you do not deserve it, Jesus has given it to you anyways. A very different story. And lastly, the prescription of what you are to have in order to fix these things. For Buddha, it's an ego reduction. To not think of yourself whatsoever is that you get lost in nothingness. For Islam, it's submission, that you go and you follow the Quran and you follow the words of the prophet Muhammad and of what God has given to him and all the litany of other prophets. Islam includes Jesus as a prophet. And in the end times for the uh, Muslim faith, they actually have Jesus as a very prominent figure who will return. So there's these very interesting kind of connections. For them, it's submission to all of those words. Individualism, it's expression. However I feel, whatever I want to look like, whatever gender, 
whatever. I want to express that, and as soon as I get that, we're good. That's my ultimate goal. For religion, it's works, that I will show you with all of my actions and all the things that I do that I'm a very good person, and as long as you see me as a very good person, I'm good. And for the Christian faith, it is faith. It is not being able to see something, but believing in it. And that very thing is Jesus himself, that faith in Christ is salvation to where sin is eradicated and he himself will be my cure. Very different stories, very different ways of seeing the world and all of them are going to have a problem. So question number two, with all the options, and this isn't even close to the, all the options, this is just five of them, and there are litanies of more. There's New Age and Hinduism, and there's, uh, you know, you think about Scientology and all these different things. There are many ways that you could think about the world. So why does Christianity go along, and why does Jesus say something like, I am the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the Father except through me. How in the world can he say something like that? Let me be very honest, and this is, might be a bit rare, and you are not, I'm telling you this right now, you are not going to like what I'm about to say. You're not. Because maybe you feel this way, but you kind of hide it, or you kind of glaze over it, or you're like, oh, this is not how it is. I'll be very clear here. Religiousness and religion will always create division. Religion will always separate. Religion will divide humanity regardless of what you believe. Whether you put a coexist or a unity bumper sticker on the back of your dad's car or mom's car, religion will always divide the planet. And the reason for this, as Walter Martin, a writer of a very prominent book said, truth by definition is exclusive. If truth were all inclusive, nothing would be false. And that's the problem. The Christian story says that Jesus Christ and himself is the only way back to God. Christianity and Jesus is the only way to God or heaven. To be exclusive means that the only way that you will be saved is only through Jesus. Now this is very hard in a city like Vancouver and Surrey with all of the diversity around us. You have people from Filipino backgrounds who might come from more Catholic roots, or we have a lot of Sikh families, especially in Surrey. We have all these different diversities of faiths, and you have them on your school teams. They are in your class, and people who believe different things. Now, what happens is that you might be very unsettled by the idea that Jesus is saying, the only way to salvation is through me. And the heresy or the problem of the world is that we all act like Ricky Bobby. Have you guys seen uh, Talladega Nights before? I remember being in high school with a bunch of friends and I went to go watch Talladega Nights. It's a comedy about NASCAR with Will Ferrell and it's the only time I watched a movie and I, I was rolling on the ugly, gross, sticky, popcorn infested ground because I was laughing so hard. Now there's this one iconic scene, okay? Ricky Bobby is in the car and he is driving around and he has just gone into a crash. And so he is going slower than you could ever possibly imagine. Now, at one point, because he's so terrified and has all this PTSD, he gets out of his car, rips all of his clothes off, and begins to run around the track saying that he's on fire, but there is no fire. And when he's running around on fire, he goes, help me, Jesus! Help me, Allah! Help me, Oprah Winfrey! Like, he yells out every god in the history of existence to help him about his problem. You and I follow the same kind of mentality. 
where what's going to happen is that you are going to be tempted for one day to go away, to go to college and figure things out, take an experience or a spiritual trip to India to find yourself or to do all of these things. And realistically, all that is doing is the Ricky Bobby heresy all over again. Let's try Buddhism. Let's try Taoism. Let's try Hinduism. Let's try Sikhism. Let's try Catholicism. Let's go back to all of these different things. And whatever could help me in the moment, that's what I'm going to fall into. Now, some of us believe in inclusivism, which means everyone's good. Like, all the religions are fine. Like, we'll just take all of them. It's going to be like, it's going to be a sweet time. Every, every single religion leads to Jesus, and it's fine. Or, or every religion leads to God, and it's okay. But let me tell you, that is not true. It's not true in any way. Some people believe this, but it's not anywhere close to reality. Think of the words of uh, this rabbi. I'm absolutely against any religion that says one faith is superior to another. I don't see how that is any different than spiritual racism. Interesting. What about Gandhi? Mahatma Gandhi, my position is that all great religions are fundamentally equal. And for the aforementioned queen, Oprah Winfrey, one of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there's only one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to God. Everywhere's going to lead to God. We're fine. We're good. Include everyone. Make everybody feel good. And we are going to be okay. This is the temptation of the world. And let me reaffirm, religion will always divide. Religion will always separate. Religion will always have humanity on sides. It's tough to say, but it is true. And this is the reason why. There's a pastor who lives in New York, and he was going to a meeting with a Jewish rabbi and a Muslim imam in New York City. And as they sat there, this is what he wrote. We all agreed on the statement. If Christians are right about Jesus being God, the Muslim and Jews fall in a serious way to love God as God really is. But if Muslims and Jews are right that Jesus is not God, but rather a teacher or a prophet, then Christians fall in a serious way to love God as really is. The religious leaders recognized that they couldn't all be right. Several of the students were quite disturbed by this because to insist that one faith has a better grasp on truth than others was seen as intolerant. And herein lies the great irony of the modern position. While it's born out of a desire to be not judgmental or non-offensive, it may be the most offensive view of all because it says that every exclusive worldview is wrong and in doing so excludes all of those who exclude. You get what I'm saying? For you to say all religions lead to God, completely denies or rejects all the religions that say the opposite. So in your idea of including, you are excluding. Because of your idea of saying everybody's good, you are pushing up against the people who are saying the opposite of that. There is a very clear illustration. Imagine um, some people have this way of seeing all of the religions, okay? So I'm sitting back here, it's a very famous illustration, and uh, I'm sitting here and there's an elephant, okay? And this is how all the religions work. Uh, you know, the Muslim guy is, they're all blind. Every single person around this elephant is blind. And they are all touching a different part of the elephant. So a Muslim guy goes and he grabs the, he grabs the leg and he goes, oh man, whatever I'm holding right now is like a tree. It's sturdy and it's strong. And another person is holding the trunk of the elephant and going, oh man, like this is, it's like a snake. It's smooth and it moves in different ways. 
Another person holds the back of the tail and it goes, wow, this is very furry and kind of brisky and all these different things. And then there's the atheist who misses the elephant completely and go, there's nothing here. There's nothing here, right? So all these different views see the world and ultimate reality in completely different ways, right? And, and somebody looks back at all of the different faith systems and goes, don't you realize they're all just talking about the same things? They're just coming at it from different angles. They're all blind to seeing the ultimate thing. Now, here's the funny part about that illustration. What that illustration is saying is that all the different religious systems are completely blind to the ultimate reality. But whoever is making that statement is saying it from a place where they see the whole picture. They themselves are being exclusive. They themselves are saying that they are superior to everyone else and you guys have missed it, but don't worry, I understand. That's the problem. That's the whole reason why this doesn't make sense. The reason why it doesn't make sense is because other people look at Christianity and they bash Christianity for being exclusive without understanding that every religion, every worldview, every way that you think is exclusive. Buddha, who we just talked about, was born a Hindu and he denied it in order to come to a very different conclusion a very different fundamental claim of desire from those who are Hindu. He rejected Hinduism. He made his own thought exclusive and did his own thing. Religious pluralism is a danger. Religious inclusivism is a danger. Exclusivity is not just a Christian problem, it's an everyone problem. Don't you realize that this is everywhere? Uh, the other day I was driving back from Abbotsford and I saw on, on the back of a couple of, uh, there was this one car that had like a bajillion bumper stickers and some of the bumper stickers said this, science flies you to the moon, religion flies you into buildings. Atheism is not a religion, it's a personal relationship with reality. So that person's perspective is that they are correct and they are excluding every religious person on the planet to be wrong and they are right. Everybody else is silly and I am correct. You get what I'm saying? Everybody makes a big deal about Jesus being exclusive when everybody in fact is exclusive. What if I told you, if I made a law, okay, randomly, I made a law that said anyone who is wearing a religious symbol, okay, a hijab, a turban, a Christian cross, anybody who is wearing a religious symbol was not allowed to be a teacher at your school. What if I did that? You would look at me and you'd go, that is so wrong. You're telling me that a, somebody who follows a Sikh religion who's just wearing a turban isn't allowed to be a teacher. You're telling me somebody who wears a Christian cross isn't allowed to be a teacher. You're telling me somebody who wears a hijab is not allowed to follow their faith. This is what you're telling me you would go, I can't believe you. You're being discriminatory, you are rude, I cannot believe that you are a human being. What if I told you it wasn't just teachers, but police officers, judges? What about anybody who works for the government that has authority? What if I told you that any of those people weren't allowed to wear religious symbols? You would say that I'm exclusive to whatever I believe, right? Do you know that's the debate right now? Bill 21 in Quebec. That's the big fight, that Quebec has said that any teacher, any police officer, 
any judge, anybody who is a civil servant of the government who has any kind of authority is not allowed to wear any religious symbols. That's your country. Everyone's exclusive. Everyone has their opinion that they think is right and superior, and they will make that known. That's the problem. It's not a Christian problem. It is an everyone problem. Islam, in fact, is exclusivist. One God, Allah, and Muhammad, his prophet. The only way to go to heaven is to convert to Islam, which includes believing the six main doctrines and practicing the five duties of Islam. The five duties are a statement of belief, prayer five times a day, the giving of alms, fasting during Ramadan, and pilgrimage to Mecca at least once in a lifetime, if at all possible, called the Hajj. What about Buddhism and ex those exclusive religions? Well, Hinduism in itself has a very exclusive thing that Christianity pushes up against a lot, which is called the caste system, which means that every individual is in a different class. And if you are on the bottom class, you are nothing. You are nothing. If you are of the Dalit people in India and you follow the Hindu religion, you are nothing to them. If there is a dog, if there is a snake, if there is a cow, the cow, the snake, any animal means more to the country than the Dalits. The Dalits have to live in suffering, and when they die and they are resurrected or reincarnated back again, they will have a better life. But do not help them. And if you do help them, they will reject you. Everybody is exclusive. Everybody. Now, you might have somebody come up to you at school and go, well, whatever. The only reason why you're a Christian is because you were born in Canada. The only reason why you're a Christian is because you were born in the U.S. The only reason why you were a Christian is because you were born in North America, and that's where Christianity arises. I'd go, isn't that interesting that you're saying that? So you're telling me the only reason why I believe what I believe is because that's where I was born. That's what an atheist might say to you. That's what somebody from a different religious system might say to you. But isn't it funny that for the atheist, I would say to them, isn't it crazy that you're only an atheist because you were born in Canada? Isn't it crazy that you're only an atheist because you were born in the US? Isn't it crazy that you're an atheist because you were born in North America and not in India or Thailand or Laos or Japan or Brazil? The only reason why you believe what you believe is because you were born here too. You get what I'm saying? All the problems that you believe to be about Christianity seem to flip themselves on the people who are making those declarations anyways. Alvin Plantica said it this way, suppose we concede that if I had been born of Muslim parents rather than Christian parents, my belief would have been quite different. But the same goes for the pluralist and the same goes for the atheist. If the atheist had been born in Morocco, he probably wouldn't be an atheist. Does it follow that the atheist beliefs are producing him by an unreliable process? No, they follow the same process as everybody else. And this is actually not a reason to not believe in Jesus. It's a belief that everybody is human and they follow the same ways. It's interesting for us to look at the world and to look at the way that people are asking questions of the Christians and asking questions about religious systems. And so how does Christianity and all of the world react? Why do we believe these things? Why do we act the way that we do? Well, the reason why we act the way that we do and we say things like Jesus is the only way to be saved is because Buddhism is saying that the only way to be saved is without desire. Islam is saying the only way to be saved is through submission. Religiousness is saying the only way to be saved is by being a good person. 
Individualism is saying the only way that you can be saved is by expressing yourself fully. We are actually not very different from anywhere else. And so if those people are attacking us in any which way, all of those attacks really can just be turned around and said to the same thing, the same people, and Christianity does not take the hits as much as you think it does. When they say, I cannot believe, I cannot believe that you deny the rights or you think differently about some people group, I would look back and I'd go, really? Because you're not letting people who wear turbans be a teacher. It's interesting. Now, I'm not saying that that means every single atheist is thinking that, but I'm saying that that is how some in that idea of Quebec's secularism law, that's what it's called, the secularism law, the atheist law, that's where it led for them. And it's fascinating for us to be able to go, well, really, we're not the only exclusive one anyway. So why? Why do people believe that all religions should lead the same way? Well, because it's comforting. It makes life easier. It's like, um, sometimes I, I get these really bad headaches. And uh, I go and I get these headaches, and they're like, I'm on the ground, I'm crying, I'm like calling out to my wife, I'm like, help me, help me, please. And I'm just like, sing me songs and rub my, I'm like a pregnant lady, it's crazy, right? So I'm like, please do something here. My wife's like so gracious and so sweet that she'll like rub my head and like, I'm like, say nice things about me. And she just does it and it's like, it's really, it's whatever. So one of the ways that we're, she's always going to do is she's going to get me like some Tylenol or Advil or something, and she's going to give me that drug, and I'm going to take it, and in a couple you know, hours or something, maybe a couple, you know, 30 minutes up to an hour, I'm going to feel better, right? But the thing about Tylenol and the thing about any kind of drug in that moment is that it doesn't solve the problem. It masks it. Maybe the problem is I didn't drink enough water that day and I was out in the sun. Maybe I physically exerted myself and didn't rejuvenate any kind of sugars that I needed to. Maybe the reason why I got the headache was a long list of different things, but the drug actually doesn't solve the, the actual root problem. It just masks it all above. That's what inclusivity is. That's what's saying, hey, everybody's good. Everybody gets to heaven in the end. Doesn't matter what you believe, just be a good person. That's the Tylenol. It kind of makes you feel better in the moment, but the root problem is always going to be there. Whatever faith system you believe in, regardless, and I'm not saying you have to be a Christian here in this moment. I'm not saying you have to believe in Jesus in this moment. But what I'm saying to you is, whatever you believe in, you are also exclusive as well. You just haven't thought about it that way. That's the point. And for you to say that I am not exclusive or that I believe that everybody is in involved in it, is being exclusive. Everyone is exclusive. That's a really interesting way to go about life. So what's the problem? Why do, believe, why do we not believe in things like inclusivism? Well, because to be honest, it's not true. Truth has power, and Jesus himself said, the truth will set you free. We're not trying to take the drug or the Tylenol that will make us feel better, but doesn't really solve the problem. You spend lots of time in churches singing these songs and talking to people without really getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem on a Christian perspective, let me just put it this way. Jesus points that the truth sets us free. So if every way 
If there is a bunch of different ways apart from Jesus to get to heaven, then the conclusion is, then God was very, very cruel to Jesus, right? If there was a back door that doesn't include Jesus, there was another way, all the different religions are all the same and they all get you to heaven. Then God was really cruel to Jesus by him dying on a cross when you could have just done something else. Put it another way, if mankind was not as lost as Jesus said so, then why would Jesus endure the horrors of the cross necessary to save it? The reason why I believe, and this is just me, I'm not saying you have to believe in this, whatever. The reason why I believe in the Christian gospel, the reason why I believe in Jesus, is because what I see in the marketplace of every other idea, what I see in their mandate, is I see a number of different mountains. And what I see from them is you have to do this, 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 and finally you'll get to the top of the mountain. But it's your job to climb up. What every other religious system on the planet says to you is that what you have to do is you have to put in work and you have to put in effort and you have to make it to the top of the mountain. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to do it. You have to make it to the top of the mountain. And the Christian gospel is the only one that says you do not have to meet God at the top of the mountain. What the Christian gospel is, is it's the only faith system. It is the only worldview. It is the only religious thought that said you do not have to meet God at the top. But it was in fact God who came down the mountain to meet you. You see how completely different that is? Do this, do this, do this. Make your way up there and meet him by your effort and the work on your back. The Christian gospel says, no, it's none of those things. Look at the way that he works and he goes down and down and down and down and down and he meets you at the bottom, which is why a passage like Philippians 2 says that he humbled himself. He brought himself low. He brought himself down. You know how low he put himself? He put himself into such, such a humble position that he made himself the form of a servant, that he became something that he wasn't completely Completely, that God became man and he humbled himself not only just to become a human, but he humbled himself to bear the shame on a cross. A man who is God, naked on a cross and dying for you and I. That's why it's completely different from anything else. Everything else says the reason and the limit and the quality of your spirituality is on you. You have to do it. The Christian gospel is, listen, he's done it for you. Now just live in that reality. Now what I'm not saying is I'm not saying you go to your school and because someone believes something that you don't, you bash them. No, that's dumb. That is anti-Jesus. For you to see someone with a turban of a different faith system and go, you're wrong. You're dumb. I can't believe you believe that. Is not Jesus. For you to go to someone of an LGBTQ orientation and go, you're dumb, you're wrong, is not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Jesus was around some really crooked people and he loved them. You know what I was reminded about? 
that in the Gospels, when Jesus meets sinners, that word, sinners, he never uses against them. He never uses sinners to people who are messed up, ever. You know who he uses sinners against? You know who he really makes fun of? You know who he really gets after? The uptight religious people that want to beat everybody over the head with. That's who Jesus gets mad at. And he doesn't just get mad at them. He calls them a bunch of snakes. Hey, you religious uptight individuals beating everyone over the head with your Bible. Snakes. So what am I saying? I'm saying that there are people who are outside of the church that have a more Christian mentality sometimes than us. There's a video going around Instagram right now of Ellen DeGeneres. And uh, it's all over Instagram on people's stories. And Ellen goes on her show. And it's her and George Bush, right? They're sitting next to each other. And they're at a football game. And Ellen DeGeneres sees this photo going around. And everyone's making fun of her. And they're going, oh, my gosh. I can't believe you're hanging out with George Bush. He's a loser. And she goes, yeah, it's so funny that me as a lesbian liberal and hanging out with a conservative, conservative uh, president, we couldn't be more polar opposite. A heterosexual conservative president and a rock star liberal lesbian are hanging out watching a football game together. And what does she say? What does she say? We do not have to believe the same things. We do not have to agree on every single thing, but I can still be kind because he's my friend. Listen, your kindness will go further than you being right. Every time. Your love will go further than you being right every time. If this place, if youth at Village begins to be a place that people look out from the outside and go, those people don't know how to love, I'm out. We can't be that place. We have to be the kind of place where someone who does not believe in Jesus walks into this room and goes, I don't agree with anything that psycho guy said on the microphone, but for some reason, everybody here loves me. We gotta be that. So what does that mean? We gotta be that, not me, not the mic guy, not the guy who talks. We have got to be that, which means you have to have a really hard look at yourself and go, am I the kind of person who can disagree and love at the same time? Because if you're not, then maybe you shouldn't be talking and listening is probably a better option. That's us, that's what we gotta be. That's the vision of the series. It's for us to tackle topics that in the end, even if we do not agree with people from the opposite sides, we love them because they are still our friends and kindness goes further than right. So that's week one. Jesus and all the ways that he shows us that he is the only way because he comes down the mountain and saves us through his death on a cross. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for uh, tonight that we are able to just talk about this question that seems to be so difficult at times for us that as we begin to ask the idea of why is Christianity so exclusive, it's because every religious system, every faith system, even those who don't even believe in a God are exclusive, and that is what truth represents. Truth in itself is exclusive. And so I pray that as we begin to think through this and... Uh, yeah, the, the offensiveness of maybe even some of the things that have been said that we would be able to process, to think, to grow, and be able to learn and love through the process. So Father, we thank you. We love you. We just want to pray. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to the Village Youth Podcast Show. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe.